All right, guys, NBA playoff times here. Sixers versus Nets. Jason Zernicki here in the Broadline studio with Bet New Jersey. Also here, Kyle Scott with CrossingBroad.com, Broadline. Nice. nice enough to let us be in here today and do our thing. Sixers, Nets, lots of movement here. The NJ Sportsbooks. Sixers opened up ready for this. Minus 2,500 at DraftKings. That line did not last long. It's all over the place at the NJ Sportsbooks. Kyle, why don't you just give us just that range of where we see the Sixers Nets right now? Yeah, so like, like you said, it's open at minus 2,500. It's down as low as minus 501 at points bet. We're currently minus 835 at DraftKings. We are minus 650 at FanDuel. So it's kind of all over the place. Um, part of the reason for this is it, there's, there's a lot to consider. The Embiid uncertainty, I think, shifted things a little bit. Sure. The opening line uh, is probably not worth putting too much stock into that. Uh, I think locally, these sports books take a ton of action on Philly and New York teams. DraftKings and PointsBet have told us time and again they're going to mm -hmm. take a ton of action and money on the Sixers. So that's uh, incentive for DraftKings to keep it a little bit higher. They're the highest right now at minus 835. Points bet is the lowest at minus 501. We spoke to the wizard. Wizard. Uh, not, not vacationing in Montauk this weekend. He told us, points bet wizard, that they have a lot of concern about Joel Embiid. Game one was briefly off the board there. The minus 501 reflects that. So even though they take a lot of action and money on the Sixers, actually a pretty, pretty short odds for the series. So I think you're trying to find the books find a good equilibrium between the amount of action they typically take on the Sixers and then also the uncertainty of Embiid. And as some of the sharp money starts to come in, trying to balance those two yeah, things I think the market, it's, the market itself will decrease the arbitrage. You know, obviously 501 to 835 is a large gap. You're going to see Nets money begin to come in. The Masters have been the highlight of the whole week. NBA playoffs will begin now to take some attention away uh, from the Masters for NJ betters. Nets money is going to come in. You're going to see this gap close. And it's going to be interesting. We're already start, obviously, we've already seen the Sixers uh, spread come down a little bit. I think we'll see the arbitrage close on the series prices. And it's going to be uh, you know, it's something that will be on the radar all weekend here, especially in the Philadelphia Tri-State area. And the other thing to consider is, you know, the Sixers are still big favorites, even at minus 501, which yeah. is probably the outlier now. It's going to get ironed out here soon, maybe even by the time we post this video. Take, for instance, the Jazz and the Rockets. This is a great point. Obviously, you know, if we, we look at this series, you're going to think Rockets. You know, they seem to be the only true contender to come after the Warriors in the West. But when we look at the odds, it's kind of surprising to see who wins the series here. Houston is only a three set, minus 375 favorite. But what caught our attention here is a series prop bet to stay under six and a half games. The money line there for Houston and Utah to be under six and a half is only minus 278. Compare that to the Sixers Nets under six and a half games for the series total, minus 1,115 at DraftKings. That certainly gives you an idea of how confident DraftKings is in the Sixers. It also should give you a little peek into their thought on that Utah could possibly compete with the Rockets and give them a scare in the first round. Yeah, and look, I think part of DraftKings keeping it that high is to encourage some action on the other side of the coin or not set them up, set themselves up in a position to get killed on the Sixers because points bet tells us that their most popular prop in terms of series length is a 4-1 to Sixers win. So uh, locally, at least, bettors are looking for a short five-game series. Yeah. But to your point, you have a team in the Rockets where you know it's you know just a little bit better than a coin flip that they're going to win under six and, a half, six and a half games. Yep, under six, under six, and, six and, a and a half games. So... Sixers are still big favorites. The whole point is here, despite the range, 
Sixers are still big favorites. And, spe- and speaking to you know, the level of, of where we think and the sports books think the Sixers can take care of this series, at DraftKings, Sixers minus one and a half games, okay, so point spread based on how long the series uh, goes. So Sixers minus one and a half, money line here minus 455 for Sixers minus one and a half. That same bet at FanDuel is minus 184, okay? Now go take the inverse of that. 195 at points bet. 195 points bet. The Nets plus one and a half in the series is plus 300 at DraftKings, only plus 150 at FanDuel. So speaking to the overwhelming consensus there at DraftKings for the Sixers, but all points, especially this new market, New Jersey, keep looking around at different online sports books. See what opportunities are available to you. This is the first time we're going to be seeing these guys diving into first-round playoff matchups. There's going to be opportunities, especially early on. And I think the other thing to consider is we're going to get into the series here in a second. The Nets might have an advantage at guard, D'Angelo Russell and Dinwiddie. Embiid is really the major, you know, there's a number of factors, but Embiid is the major differentiator right here between the two teams, as he is in most games. What you're seeing is, is you know, I think we mentioned this, the sports book trying to balance, you know, uh, where most of the action is usually on the Sixers, where the sharp money comes in, and this uncertainty about Embiid, which to your point just creates a huge arbitrage opportunity on either side of the coin. Absolutely. If you like the Sixers, then your pet is at FanDuel and points bet. If you like the Nets, you get a ton of value at DraftKings on the Nets right now. So that's, you know, and game one is even more all over the place. Absolutely. I mean, at, this is why you have to take a look around, maybe take a little bit of a risk. At FanDuel right now, they have plenty of prop bets up for Joel Embiid's stats on Saturday. You know, whether it's his points, his rebounds, his combined points for the game. Obviously, if you're willing to take the risk, you can get in right now on all those unders. If he's announced not playing on Saturday, you just got yourself a couple W's. Obviously, if he plays, it's the opposite. But this is what we're seeing here. More confidence on one side of the fence from some of the sports books that Joel's going to play, opposite on the other. So we'll see how it plays out on Saturday. But just to reiterate the point, Look around. Don't get so focused on one set of odds, one sports book. Find yourself some opportunities. And even DraftKings, plus 400 for Embiid to score the first point in the game. He is the odds-on favorite, and he might not even play. And again, all this is as recording mid-Friday afternoon. Let's talk a little bit about game one. Yep. So points bet took it off the board uh, temporarily this morning. It is back. Game was around. It was minus eight in mm-hmm. most places most of the last 24 hours with the new Embiid news early Friday afternoon and the added uncertainty. It is down to minus seven in most places. Some places you might be able to get seven and a half. So there's a little bit of line movement. Yep. DraftKings has told us again, outright, we're just operating as if Embiid is playing until we hear he's out definitively. Now again, they have a little bit of incentive to do that because they're going to take a lot of action on the Sixers, keep those odds uh, you know, as short as possible for the Sixers to win the game. Now on the series prices, we have continuous, continue to hear heavy on the Sixers. But for game one, uh, it looks as if just some of the rumor mill that's out there, the money is on the Nets. Okay, so you got a dog getting money. For you guys that have seen us in the videos before, that normally is a play on the favorite. Obviously, that is totally contingent on Embiid playing. But anytime we see a dog on the road getting public love, you got to consider the favorite heavily here. Something to keep in mind here as we do approach game one for Sixers versus Nets. So let's talk a little bit about Sixers' long odds before we get into kind of breaking down the uh, on-court aspect of the series along with some of the trends. Talk about some of the, uh, so for the conference six, yep. odds. So for the Sixers to win the Eastern Conference, you have some different opportunities here as well. At DraftKings, the Sixers are plus 260 to win the East. At FanDuel, they're plus 400 to win the East. 
at points bet, the Sixers come in at plus 300. So definitely some variations here on what's going on and over for the, for the Eastern Conference Championship. Obviously, this is going to change very rapidly depending upon the Sixers-Nets performance, what happens in the other series as things begin to move ahead. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Like we said, keep an eye on what's going on. Make sure you've got the apps download on your phone. Quick access, good opportunities. I think one of the other things is it's the sports books are, again, they're trying to find their ideal scenarios. You're yeah. not just balancing the risk. So points bet, for example, has a huge liability, a five-figure bet on a uh, Raptors uh, Blazers final that would pay out over a million dollars. So there's one specific scenario they're rooting against. They don't have a ton of action on the Warriors, but you have this complicating factor locally that you're in the Philly market and the Sixers are the team next to New Jersey. So not only are they trying to balance their liability, they're also trying to balance the fact that they know they're going to get a ton of action on the Sixers, who right now are third to make it. So they're trying to, you know, find these gaps in their liability to, to encourage some action on teams, you know, to balance things out a little bit. Too. Yeah, agreed. And, and, and it's not... It's not like they're not seeing big action. I mean, we, we heard some big numbers coming in on Tiger for the Masters. So, yes, it is a smaller market right now with New Jersey only having uh, the online sportsbook uh, legalization so far. And Pennsylvania has not brought their legal uh, online and, uh, and mobile betting options available for everybody yet. But still, New Jersey's coming in with some heavy handle. And these guys have to make their moves appropriately, being these guys being the odds makers. Uh, so, all right, so I guess let's talk a little bit about the on-court series breakdown. Uh, let's assume Embiid plays most of the series. He's, he's clearly the X factor. Sixers have struggled with the Nets this year. Yeah, surprisingly. They struggle with D'Angelo Russell a little yep. bit. They struggle with Dinwiddie, and then the real advantage is going to be with Embiid. Now, they've only played 10 games with this starting unit. As we said, I think we may have said this before, eight and two straight up, six and four against the spread. Yep. Uh, some of their struggles with the Nets go back to November. They shouldn't carry over until now. But really, like, the, the fate of the Sixers' playoff run uh, rests in the hands of uh, how these guys gel together yep. and whether we think Brett Brown can coach himself out of a box with actually talented players. Yeah. Which is obviously the core concern. Which This is what we saw when he was completely outcoached against Boston last year. I mean, this, the opportunity now is going to present itself. This is Brett Brown's... Uh, Opportunity to essentially tell his haters, I can do this. I've been given the tools. It's a different postseason. It's going to happen. The biggest question, as we talk about all the time here in the office, is the Sixers' lack of depth. You can, there's essentially no one coming off the bench that's going to come out and, and hit a shot for you. Uh, TJ's obviously can keep things moving at the guard position, but outside of that, that's where your major concerns are going to be, and that is where playoff teams who make deep runs normally find their strength. That player that can come off the bench, and score for you and get the job done. That's the big concern. And, I, and if you ask me, that is where the Sixers fan themselves are getting very shaky. They've seen Brett Brown not step up in the proper coaching situations in the past, and they know the bench is not as, not as deep as it needs to be for a deep playoff run. Imagine if this team had a long, lanky rookie who could defend and shoot the three from anywhere on the court they can bring off the bench. I don't know, someone like Mikel Bridges. Well. You can just bring off the bench and shoot yeah. and defend as a six-man. But would have been nice. Know, you got Zaire Smith, who, uh, according to Allah Abdel-Nabi, Allah. this morning on 97.5, he doesn't think Zaire's going to get much burn in the playoffs. Brett Brown has said they're going to go with an eight-and-a-half-man rotation, TJ probably being the half-man and then some combination. Yeah, because TJ's small. I don't know. I'm sorry. I've shaken TJ's hand. He's 6'1". He's taller yeah, than me. He, yeah. 
He's not as small as, as, right. as you might well, think he is. We're a big fan of TJ in the house, so it's no big deal. Here's some of the, so here's some of the things I don't love about Brett Brown's coaching. The Sixers are dead last in both pick and roll frequency and points in the league, right? They are first in handoff frequency and points. And I get it. You got J.J. Redick, a guy who excels off the handoff. Uh, and they are fairly low in isolation plays, right? So their offense thrives. I think during the regular season, you can catch some teams asleep with tired legs, get out in transitions, what Ben Simmons excels at, right? Absolutely. In the playoffs, you got to have a half-court offense. And it's largely, I hate the fact that so much of it, like 9% of their offensive plays are based on a handoff. And to me, that sort of thing slows down the flow of your offense. When you don't have pick and roll, you don't have movement towards the basket. And this is one of those uh, things, it's kind of intangible to define. Watch Sixers players in the half-court offense if they catch the ball facing the basket or in a triple threat position. Most of the time, they're off broken handoffs, moving away from the basket. They do get some cut points. That's the big concern. In a playoff series, we saw it last year against the Heat, even worse against the Celtics. When they get down into a half court, you get more in intensive efforts to defend you full courts. So you're not able to take advantage of you know, teams slacking and some tired legs here and there. That's where the Sixers struggle. That's where Brett Brown either needs to coach the Sixers out of a box or they just got to out-talent teams by having the guys that they do. Agreed. And one note for uh, on uh, for FanDuel over-under points prop bet for game one. If Embiid doesn't play... They've got Redick at 16 and a half points as an over-under at FanDuel. Certainly keep an eye on that. Speaking of the dribble handoff process, you can see that being an easy over for uh, Mr. J.J. Redick. Yeah, and one of the things Sixers did do late in the season, trying to incorporate some more pick and roll, they used Redick as a little bit of a decoy as the handoff and then had somebody else set a pick. Yep. So they've, they have some options out of those handoff looks that they might be able to take advantage of. I just get infuriated when the offense stalls when two guys wind up colliding with each other. That's just me. Yep. Um, we got some against the spread numbers? You do, yeah, absolutely. That's against the spread numbers for sure. So how do we talk about this? Do you go season-long... ATS trends mm-hmm. when you're dealing with a totally different team? Or do you look at the 10 games they played together while it's a small sample size? Do you look at them without Embiid? Like, it's sometimes you have a full season, it's nice to pull these against the, you know, these ATS numbers, but then in this case, you're dealing with like three different teams. The yeah. Sixers pre early season, the Sixers without Embiid, and the Sixers with their cohesive unit. Yeah, but trends are trends. I mean, it's, you know, trends, if you're looking for something and you find something that feeds your theory, it's great. Confirmation bias. You know, it's it, exactly a confirmation bias. So trends are tough. I would say, but in this case, to your point earlier, where they have played together as a core unit, this team seems to overachieve and do what you expect it to do. So for me, that's that trend set I would take away from it. That's where I would go. And it's also, too, to your point earlier, it seems as if the Nets play the Sixers tighter than we would expect them to. Well, some of that was before the trade, you know. So now, so that that feeling, I think we we get confused upon as well. As betters, I always recommend you have to have a short memory. It's got to be gone. It's the situation that it is now. Trends do not always play themselves to those to the current situation. But we shall see. So one of the things, so I got a few here. One of the things I, I find best to look at is when you try and strip the team out of it a little bit and try and recreate the situation. So here are some trends that we like, and most of these are Sixers' favorite, but most do tend to point that way. Sixers not great against the spread all season. Nets actually pretty good against the spread, but when you start stripping away those things, the new Sixers with their current group, it looks a little better. Sixers is heavy favorite, so check this out. I'm going to look down and read here. Sixers 15-9 and nine against the spread when... 
favored by seven or more as mm -hmm. they are in game one. They're 10 and four against the spread when they're favored by seven to 10 points and six and two in that situation against the spread at the Wells Fargo Center. So while they've kind of been a disappointing team all season in terms of covering and playing teams close as a heavy favorite, as a heavy favorite at home, these are since the trades, by the way, yep. since the uh, Tobias Harris trade. Nets in those situation uh, when a dog by seven or more, they are seven and nine against the spread. So game one specific spread line, Sixers have a few favorable trends there. Yeah, this speaks to the fact that what I mentioned earlier. We, we are seeing the public for game one backing the Nets, at, like I stated before. Pub, a dog on the road getting public love, always want to consider heavily the home favorite. Mm -hmm. If Embiid's playing. Yep, yep. Uh, and yep, Nets five and eight when they're uh, seven or more dogs on the road against the spread. So not great in terms of the Nets. They have Sixers, six and two against the spread against teams over 500 since the trade. Uh, and then with the 10 man or in the 10 games with their full unit, eight and two straight up, six and four against the spread with a net 17.6 rating. They've been absolutely phenomenal mm -hmm. with the full unit. Granted, these aren't playoff games. They are all weren't against playoff teams, but they were good in a short sample size. Um, I think the last thing to really hit on here is when you talk about that initial series line movement, while it may seem concerning from minus 2,500 all the way down to as low as minus 501, that actually, or 2,500 to minus 800 only represents a movement in expected winner of the series. Sixers had a 92% chance expected win value to win the series at minus 2,500. That's only down to 84% at minus 800. So while that number seems like a huge raise, it's not linear. Right. You know, it, it's it's an eight percentage point difference, which I actually think is somewhat large. It's not insignificant, but it's not like they're down to a coin flip by any stretch. Still heavy, heavy favorites. Absolutely. And just I'll touch on these really fast. The other big series here in the East, in case you have not heard yet, Raptors, big favorites over Orlando, uh, minus 1250 for uh, Toronto, uh, Milwaukee, minus 10,000. Yep. Yep. You got to drop 10 grand. To win back 100 on the Bucks over Detroit. Detroit comes in at plus 1,700. And then Boston, Indiana, Boston minus 560 to win the series. Pacers at plus 400. Also on that note, Boston has opened up as a seven-point favorite at home against Indiana. And we are in that game as well seeing the underdog Pacers getting some public love as well. Bucks have worse interest in my savings account. This is true. And I don't have to risk it in the savings account. This is even, even more accurate. Some of the places to bet, be sure to hit the link below. We have our full uh, Sixers net series betting guide. Subscribe to the channel for more videos like this. Uh, there's tons of value right now. Points bet has a great offer, $50 no bet deposit bonus. DraftKings, $500 first bet match. Uh, can't go wrong with either of them. Uh, again, if you like the nets at all, DraftKings is the place to play. FanDuel and points bet right now as we're recording this are your place to play for the Sixers, uh, you know, Sixers favor action. All right. Talk soon.